Previously on... Hulkamania is dead! Okay, so the card is stacked for this Tuesday in Texas. Let's go to this Tuesday in Texas. We have Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels going up against Earthquake and Typhoon. But referees are coming out because Shawn looks legit injured here. Um, and Bret kind of looks worried here too. But the heels, Typhoon and Earthquake, tend to squash Bret. One, two, three, they're doing more damage to Bret as referees are tending to Shawn Michaels helping him out. They uh, are trying to separate Earthquake and Typhoon, but to no avail. It looks like Bret is coughing up blood. Wow, this team just got laid out and beaten down by Earthquake and Typhoon. So now the next match we have is a Texas Tornado match. It's coming down to the Nasty Boys and the Bushwhackers. The Nasty Boys, though, are going to get the advantage here and win this match, but it's going to be an all-out war. It's going to be a fun match. There's going to be tables crashed into, chairs used a little bit. Um, it's going to be something of the, uh, of the hardcore appeal. So we go backstage and it's an update on Bret Hart. He's getting into an ambulance and he's on a stretcher. It looks like he did get some damage done to him from Earthquake and Typhoon. And Owen Hart is by the side of Bret and he's making sure he's okay. Bulldog is there as well. Um, Bulldog tells Owen, why don't you go with Bret, make sure he's okay. Sean limps up, says, I'm gonna stick around, Jack. Bulldog tells him, just cool it down, brother. Just cool it down. We don't need any more stress here. The ambulance drives off with Brett and Owen inside of the ambulance. Looks like we just have Bulldog and a hurt Shawn Michaels um, here. We have this Intercontinental Championship match. Remember, the British Bulldog accepted the challenge finally of the IRS and Million Dollar Man. Uh, IRS and Ted DiBiase, Million Dollar Man, come out first. Then second, it's British Bulldog. After he just hit a big toka crack, he's all fire. I'm sorry. We gotta, we gotta mix it up here and there. Uh, yeah, Shawn Michaels is limping slowly behind the British Bulldog. Um, yeah, before the match starts, Ted DiBiase grabs the microphone and says, "There's a change of plans. See." When my insurance policy kicked in, it also stated that in our contract for the Intercontinental Championship, it would be anybody of my choosing. And guess what? It's not Erwin R. Scheister. It's kicking into play right now. And it's Shawn Michaels jumping up from the apron, entering the ring, hitting a super kick to the British Bulldog as he turns around from the crowd's reaction of turning around. Uh, looks like the crowd was kind of helping Shawn in a way, but unwillingly. But they're you know telling Bulldog to turn around. Boom, he gets hit with a super kick from Shawn Michaels. Wow. Um, looks like that- It's a swerve, bro. Wow, looks like the insurance policy kicked in. Um, British Bulldog is woozy there, and he's never one to give up a fight. As the announcers and fans are figuring out it's a swerve, Sean was kind of paid off to screw the Smith and the Hart family and get, uh, I guess, I guess the, the Million Dollar Corporation, that Intercontinental Championship. Bulldog says to the referee, 
it's okay to start the match as Sean is trying to rush the match. I guess Sean is the guy replacing IRS. Boom, another super kick, one, two, three. We have a new Intercontinental Champion. It's Shawn Michaels. He's handed the belt. He runs off quickly, jumping over the rope again, jumping up and down the ramp. The fans are confused, booing. Some excited here because some love Shawn Michaels. Uh, and IRS and DiBiase look confused, like, where is Shawn going? And they start to follow quickly behind him. What's going on here? Wow, big swerve here. We're going into the main event here, Dave. It's the WWF Championship. It's Roddy Piper against Sting the Champion with the special referee, Lex Luger. We see Luger trying to be more helpful to Sting. Uh, Sting then turns to Luger, faces him and says, look, I'm not on your side. We aren't the same anymore. We see Piper then come to schoolboy Sting. And uh, one, two, kind of a slow count, Sting kicks out. Piper and Luger kind of mesh it out, but Sting comes up behind Piper. Piper goes for a sleeper onto Sting, and Dave, how does this go down? It's kind of like the WrestleMania 8 finish, where Sting uses the ropes as leverage to push himself back and push all his weight towards Piper, um, and Piper's shoulders would be on the mat. Luger goes to make the count, except Piper's foot is under the bottom rope. Luger can't see it, but he makes the cover for the three, and Sting retains the WWF Championship. Wow. Um, Post-match, we get Piper, who is visibly upset at Luger for making the bad call. Sting no longer in the scene. He kind of powders out. Um, and Piper's still arguing the call from Luger. Um, as Sting is making his way up the up the aisle, the Heenan family runs down, and they begin to go on the attack towards Piper. Um, Sting will then turn around and make the save. And without any physicality, the Heenan family exit um but sting comes in makes the save and, and sting, the family what does sting have in his hand sting has roddy piper's baseball bat which just so happens to magically appear <laughs> um and like i said the heenan family flair luger perfectly rude bobby heenan they all uh they all exit as um sting is standing in the ring with the WWF championship roddy piper is coming too and sting is with Sting has Roddy Piper's baseball bat in hand as we close out this Tuesday in Texas. Hey everybody and welcome to Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network, a retrospective pro wrestling podcast network where we romanticize, fantasize, watch and review your favorite or not so favorite storylines, matches, events and or feuds from your pro wrestling past. I'm one half of the hosting squad, Kobe Nida, and joining me this week from Connecticut, the mayor of Kicking Out at Two, Dave Rosenbluth. This is Hulkamania is Dead. Dave, how's it going? I'm doing pretty good, yeah. Dig it, dig it. Yeah. Nice, huh? Beating the heat, if you will, uh huh? A special surprise for everybody. We're going to do this entire episode. Macho to macho, That's man. Right. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna out macho the other, if you will, uh-huh. And see whose voice cracks first. Well, I think you won. Uh, oh, you did so. out already, uh-huh. Let's see how far I can go. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Dave Rosenbluth, uh, the mayor of Kicking Out at Two, he's been pumping out a 
quite a bit of content this whole summer in quarantine mode. Great stuff, and you can find all that content on the Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network and any podcasting app that you have by searching Retromania with a W. We are on Spotify, we're on Google Play, we're on Stitcher, anything that you want to download uh, Retromania-wise, search Retromania with a W. We have over 240 shows, over 300 hours of wrestling content for your ears, and we also have a new show that's been dropping on the network feed that is Cool Down with AC, and uh, that's covering AEW Dynamite. They've been doing a lot of good coverage lately, Dave. Um, those guys are definitely crushing it for us on the Retromania uh, current side, not so much retro yeah. side. <laughs> yeah, no, it's been pretty cool. Uh, I just listened recently. Um, I had a, uh, not to brag, but I had a nice relaxing afternoon or morning uh, out in my backyard. Um trying to catch a little sun and uh i listen god damn it patterson he's bragging <laughs> patterson we bring him back now too yeah <laughs> oh he get the suntan lotion maybe get the baby oil <laughs> hold on let me put my cigarette out um yeah you might have had a guest and not known it yeah i know right that's crazy I got. I got. I got to start booking these talents to to, to appear regularly. Um, so anyhow, um, I, I listened to a show between those guys, uh, and it was just kind of like a random one. They, normally, they drop every Thursday, like late Thursday night, early you know, or late midnight. Like I think they record around like Wednesday night. Wednesday night after Dynamite, and they record. They I think they drop it like not long after midnight. They usually go about two hours or so, um, but they dropped one over the weekend recently and uh it was just basically just like an overall like i would it, they wouldn't review or recap a dynamite but they were just talking about aew and and the state of of, of aew in general um there were a lot of uh, great great debates and discussions between uh, you know uh, ac white house and uh, hollywood jeff edwards so um absolutely you should, you should check it out um if you haven't already it was a lot it was a lot of fun and i think they went just like under two hours but they made they i i try to listen as much as i can because ac is a buddy of mine um sometimes i sometimes i don't listen to it all I'll, I'll parachute in every once in a while but um you know and and he throws plugs my way on his show which i greatly appreciate um i gotta start doing that more often for him um but uh you know i was listening the other day and a lot of what they were saying as much as they are big on aew Okay, they are also very critical of that product as well. You know, Mo oh, yeah. most fans who watch AEW, it's 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 the greatest thing since sliced bread. You can't beat it. You know, there's they're, they're untouchable. You know, but these guys give a fair um, uh, take on what they're what they're watching. So I, I thought it was uh, interesting. They kind of flipped the script a little bit. It wasn't necessarily an AEW dick riding fest. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I enjoyed it. So yeah, check it out. Yeah, definitely. A uh, lot of lot of good points, like you said. Um, that, uh, just not to get too far off the beaten path, but yeah, there's a lot of a uh, interesting booking in AEW with uh, their heels and faces and how they position them. Um, and uh, I'll just leave it at that. So those guys are always on the network now, um, dropping that content, like Dave said, either Wednesday night after Dynamite or Thursday the day after Dynamite, and plenty other bonus content there. You can find other episodes in our archive, like Origins of Attitude, Gaijin Wrestling Radio, Marking Out the Days, Weekend Warriors, a show that Dave and I did that could be returning, folks. Uh, so hang in there. 
uh, because WWE finally answered our prayers and dropped some content on the network. Yes. And yes, I saw yeah. that recently. Yeah, it looks like we're, it looks like season two of marking out the days weekend warriors might might come to fruition very very soon. Yeah. Yes, indeed. But before we do all that, let's close out Hulkamania is Dead. We have about a year left of booking. What is this show you're asking? Well, start at number one if you'd like. It's the original wrestling fantasy booking podcast where we have started from 1984. We broke the leg of Hulk Hogan, and we're fantasizing what the WWF would look like and what the landscape would turn out to be without Hulk Hogan in the picture. We are all the way in the year 1991 now at the end of the year 1991 and if you heard at the beginning of this episode previously on we wrapped up some things that happened on this tuesday in texas uh that took place december 3rd 1991 that was episode 17 this tuesday in texas this episode the road to royal rumble that's right we're on the road to the royal rumble dave you ready to get on this this journey thank you for joining me of course absolutely thank you for having me i am ready but before we get into that just briefly i'm you know i was thinking about this the other day i'm curious in this timeline what hulk hogan has been doing from 1984 to 1991 like i can picture this is how i could picture what hulk hogan was doing during this time hulk hogan pretty much was living on a boat just drinking his face off and and being that old crotchety guy that owns the boat on the on the boatyard that like nobody likes and uh-huh. you know what i mean and he he eats fucking beans out of a can and you know he he's always hurting himself he's got you know he he, he fishes a lot um, and he tries to make a little side money here and there but for the most part he pretty much lives the life of a loner on a boat um, it's somewhere in florida like and every now and then he'll come into you know a, a a big job if you will you know and and make a little money but you know um, for the most part he's he's really just some poor old bum that you know looks like a fucking you know looks like a big giant piece of shoe leather in Florida because he's tanned for so long. Um, that's that's how I pictured Hulk Hogan during this time period from 84 to 91. Now, not to say that, like, you know, before this timeline ends, that, like, he could turn his life around, you know, maybe go to rehab, um, you know, find find another, uh, maybe a boat lady, and they could be miserable mm. together. You know, they could have, mm-hmm. like, miserable old people boat sex. Um <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, what you gonna do when I stick my 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 ten inch penis <laughs> all up in you? You know, like, you know, I, I used to be Hulk Hogan. I'm Terry now. Yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah that, that, that I, I'm not about that life anymore, brother. Um, you know, um, <laughs> so beach bum Terry yeah, is where that's, he's at. That's now. exactly it. Yeah, and he's like, like, and you know what else? Like when he goes when he goes grocery shopping, if he has a little extra money, he'll go to the Target grocery store because down in Florida, that's like fucking big time. For you go to Publix if you're poor, but you, if you got money, you go to the Target in Florida. So I could see him like in his dirt with his dirty ass fucking like cut up hands. He's got like a fish hook like still stuck in one of them because he's so fucking old and decrepit. He's like picking. For the- some reason, he's still cutting the backs of his shirts yes he's still cutting the backs of his shirts yep exactly and he's still got fringe on like the like the sleeve part like and like the underneath part yeah like he still cuts it like he's yeah like when he goes out in public like 
he, he tries to at least like dress himself up a little bit here. You know what I mean? But at the same time, everyone knows it's like, oh, it's that miserable fuck that got his leg broken in wrestling, and he owns a boat, you know, and he and he's just an asshole. But like, he goes to the Target in the produce, and he's got these nasty old, dirty, fishy, smelly fingers with a fish hook still stuck in one of them, and he's picking the grapes and the strawberries and just eating them. And everyone knows who he is because he's a miserable old fuck. So that's how I've been. I, I know I've gone off on a tangent. We didn't even get to fucking road to Royal Rumble. We might get to the the road to the end of Terry Bollea at this point. But maybe we should honestly, maybe we should, maybe we should map out the story of the life of Terry Bollea as like a prequel to this, or maybe even a sequel to Hulkamania is dead. Like him outside of wrestling as he's watching all this. Like absolutely, he's got like this little TV with the rabbit ear antennas on his boat, and he, <laughs> and, and he can't, you know, it, it's staticky, but he'll still watch it. And he's like sitting there drinking, you know, uh, fucking Schlitz from the, you know, six pack of Schlitz can beer, and he, he's like, oh, that could have been me, brother, you know, like he's just drowning himself in his sorrows. Like we just fucking. <laughs> Yeah, and then we'll book him a girlfriend. Like, it'd be great. Yeah, man, we could do it. Yeah, we can have a little side story going. Yeah, it would be like a five... Like, maybe it would be like a five, six episode kind of podcast, you know what I mean? <laughs> Don't want to drag this out too long, but... Oh, no. You know? Yeah. I love it. I love it. Uh, if you guys are hearing the planes fly by and the animals, it's because I'm outdoors, so uh, it's quarantine mode. Get used to it for right now. Um Enjoy, enjoy. And because uh, his air conditioner fucking broke too. All right, let's yeah, be honest the, here. Right? Breaking kayfabe, the yeah, air conditioning broke, and it's it's hotter than fucking SummerSlam in my house right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's the all I gotta say. Made in hell. <laughs> right? Yeah. Oh, so let's get to this road to Royal Rumble. things happened on our episode this Tuesday in Texas, the main event being Roddy Piper against Sting for the WWF Championship with the special referee, Lex Luger. Lex Luger made a critical decision and uh, called it down the middle somewhat in that match, and uh, Sting picked up the victory, but Piper's foot was under the rope. Isn't that correct, Dave? Yes, that is correct. It was the WrestleMania 8 finish where, uh, you know, in real time, uh, and I know I kind of go back to that a little bit here, but, um, yeah, Piper had Sting in that sleeper hold. Sting uh, used his feet to kick off the top rope, and all his momentum and his body weight landed on Piper, and Piper was close enough to the bottom rope where his foot was under the rope, but Luger was out of position. Piper's shoulders were down for the mat, one, two, three. Sting was your winner. Piper was none too happy, and uh, the Heenan family uh, made a made, made a uh, surprise uh, uh, run in at the end to uh, put the boots to Piper. But Sting made the save at the end with uh, Roddy Piper's trusted baseball bat, and that's how we yes, closed indeed. this Tuesday in Texas. It was uh, it was quite the cliffhanger. 
Yes, yes, indeed it was. So the week of programming in WWF after this Tuesday in Texas caters to the fans on cable and who pick up the television delays. You know, when you're a kid, you don't really have a sense of time. You're just watching TV when it's there. And plus, not everything had a digital clock displayed on it. You know, yep. 91. Yeah, so uh, you're you're trying to pick up the pieces of what happened. So everybody is brought up to to speed on the events that we just explained, uh, because a lot happened from Survivor Series to this Tuesday in Texas with Lex Luger getting instated and uh, and put into this position between Sting and Piper. Um, so we have the arrival of Lex Luger as the special partner for Sting and Piper at Survivor Series. Then the announcement of Luger being the referee between the two at this Tuesday in Texas. The outcome of that show is being shown to people on the weekly programming. And then finally it promotes a special WWF contract signing for Lex Luger and the rest of the Heenan family on a very special episode of the Wrestling Challenge and probably the second or third week of December. So, that's letting all the fans know what's going on there. Let's go to that episode of Wrestling Challenge that features Lex Luger's contract signing. So he is coming down to the aisle and he's introduced by President Jack Tunney on the podium in front of the fans. Lex Luger is, is joined by Bobby the Brain Heenan, Ric Flair, Rick Rude, and Mr. Perfect, the rest of the Heenan family. Bobby is on the mic explaining to Jack Tunney that he doubted Lex Luger's dedication to the WWF. And he also told Tunney that he would pay for his harsh actions and match stipulations geared towards the Heenan family as of late. Lex Luger then signs the contract and is signaled by Heenan as Heenan continues to berate Tunney, Lex Luger grabs Jack Tunney by the collar, knees Jack Tunney in the midsection, looks to the crowd as they boo, and Lex Luger lifts Jack Tunney on his shoulders and applies the torture rack. Heenan is yelling on the mic, this is dedication, this is loyalty, Lex is here to destroy all those who are standing our way and getting our gold back. Jack Tunney is dropped onto the podium as the referees and agents rush out. The Heenan family leave graciously and with a bit of arrogance. Medical uh, crews come out and they take Jack Tunney away on a stretcher. Uh, wow, we take a commercial break from this uh, segment of Wrestling Challenge. Wow, what a what a piece of business here. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, Luger's making waves, you know. It comes in as Sting's partner, turns on them. Uh, then he's named the special guest referee to earn a contract with the WWF. He calls it down the middle. Then he gets that contract signed, and he, you know, puts puts the boots to Jack Tunney. Luger's making a pretty big impact in a short span of time. I'm, I'm, I'm digging it. Yes, indeed. Uh, the... The tide is uh, rising here in the WWF. The following week, announcers let us know that the conditions of Jack Tunney is critical, but he is stable, and he resides at a local medical facility. Hey, that's one of my uh, Vince's. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. not a hospital. And, it's a uh, local medical facility. God damn it. Exactly. So Jack Tunney will not be able to perform his duties as WWF president. In dire need for control and authority in the WWF, the interim WWF president has been announced for the week's uh, next airing primetime wrestling. It's going to be the returning Macho Man Randy Savage. Oh yeah, it's time for me to step in and take over the Oval Office, uh huh? Mm-hmm. And the last time office. we saw, <laughs> good. Mm. Uh. 
he's a little confused there. Yeah, you know, okay. the cowboy hat was on a little too tight, if you will. Uh -huh. <laughs> I wasn't sworn in. I wasn't indoctored into the, 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 the I don't know. Keep going, Kobe. <laughs> Losing my train of Thank thought. You. Uh, Macho Man Randy Savage, the last time we saw him in our storyline, in our uh, fantasy booking storyline, he was facing The Undertaker at WrestleMania and was bested by The Undertaker. Bested wow. by The Undertaker, uh-huh. Mm -hmm. And since then, Macho Man has uh, just disappeared, enjoying family life. So let's let's go to that episode Knocked of Knocked up Elizabeth, Wrestling. had a kid, changed a couple of diapers, went on a stroll in the park, taught the kid how to talk. You know, <laughs> dad stuff, uh-huh. Shooting a promo. Cutting a promo in front of the mirror in the bathroom. I even had him do an elbow drop off the top of the crib onto Elizabeth, uh-huh. <laughs> Nice. Uh, so Macho Man Randy Savage returns that week on Primetime Wrestling and is greeted with enormous cheers from the fans as he joins Mean Gene Okerlund on the podium. Mean Gene says, Savage, you return. How do you feel? Savage says, he's honored to be given the trust to be the interim WWF president. He's thankful for all the fans' support and letters in the past year since his departure. Elizabeth has been at home raising their newborn daughter. Wow. They have a kid in this storyline, and he's been doing a lot of things. Wait a minute, hold yeah. on, hold on. Thinking. My daughter? Why my am daughter. I teaching my daughter how to shave? <laughs> you didn't tell me I had a daughter. <laughs> Thank you. But you bought me a Mach 3 razor to teach her how to shave. <laughs> That'll be I was later. always wondering why she wasn't growing hair on her face. <laughs> now I know. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> so, Macho Man has been doing a lot of thinking about the future and what the future has for him and the WWF, and he wants to make things right here and set a balance. And the only way to do that, to do that is to now suspend Lex Luger for 30 days for his actions towards Jack towards Jack Tunney. I'm sorry, I got tongue-tied there. That's okay. <laughs> but... Those 30 days symbolize the 30 men that will be in the Royal Rumble. So, Macho Man will allow Lex Luger to return at the Royal Rumble in the number one spot. Ah, the fans are going crazy for this. Macho Man has done something good for the WWF. And we go backstage and the Heenan family is losing their shit in the locker room. They are none happy about this. Um, Too bad. And it's... Setting up the, the Heenan family to be in a hard spot, if you will. Yeah, you know, uh, when they're, with every action comes a consequence. And, uh, you know, if Lex Luger wants to knee Jack Tunney in his geriatric balls, then he's going to get suspended for 30 days and come back to fight for his spot in the Royal Rumble at number one, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Interesting I think I'm going to do this there. whole show Macho Man style. If that's there we cool go. With you. That's, that's, oh, I'm good with it. You're cool with it? All right. I just want to make sure, you know, I'm not trying to break K-Phoebe or nothing, but, uh, you know. <laughs> so another match announced backstage in an exclusive with Macho Man and Mean Gene is IRS versus the British Bulldog in an Intercontinental Championship number one contender match in two weeks. Oh, wow. We remember what happened there where um, 
Million Dollar Man had set up the British Bulldog to go against IRS, wink, for the Intercontinental Championship, but he had a an insurance policy that turned out to be Shawn Michaels turning on the British Bulldog and the rest of the Hart family earlier in the night in Tuesday in Texas, and Shawn Michaels got out of there with the uh, Intercontinental Championship. Yes, he did. Hold the Sneaky gold. stuff there. Yes, uh, Million Dollar Man and IRS are pissed off in their promos leading up to the Royal Rumble. They're threatening to come for the Intercontinental title and Michaels regardless of his protection. And the Bulldog is the only person standing in their way. And good things are, <laughs> good thing dogs are already on all fours. <laughs> that was pretty funny, uh huh? That was pretty good. Gibbles and bits. So. So the episodes of WWF programming leading up to the Royal Rumble feature the replay of Shawn Michaels faking that injury in his tag team match with Bret Hart this Tuesday in Texas, and Bret Hart being severely injured by the earthquake and typhoon, causing internal injuries and sternum and rib damage to Bret Hart. Bret Hart is then shown at home with crutches by his side, sitting on his couch, and his midsection bandaged up. He says, you know, I suffered a lot and I was crushed, fractured ribs, and I'm hoping to make a return by WrestleMania. And Sean, your days are numbered. I trusted you, we all did. And you turn your back on us for a piece of gold. And that was uh, that was the intense interview with Shawn Michaels, uh, with Brad Hart. Yes, indeed. Included in this production piece is a Coliseum Home exclusive that, that is immediately following that Intercontinental Championship match. You can only as we see remem- this if you rent the video at Blockbuster, huh? Yes, and if you remember, uh, Shawn Michaels ran off with the Intercontinental Championship. IRS and Million Dollar Man were kind of confused and followed after him. So we go backstage, IRS and Million Dollar Man are shown yelling for Sean as they get to his locker room door, they pound on it. It opens quickly, IRS and Million Dollar Man start to berate and uh, open the door and they seem to be frightened or backed off all of a sudden, but viewers don't get to see what's behind that door. Sean pops his head out and smirks, slams the door. IRS and Million Dollar Man walk away in uh, confusement and fear. Hmm. Please be kind and rewind, uh huh? Yes, indeed. <laughs> Shawn Michaels then has promos uh, following that Tuesday in Texas. He says, Everyone's asking me, why, Sean? Why? Why would you turn on Brett and the Bulldog? Well, you all saw it coming. I'm just too good to be held back in a tag team and involved with a carnival clown family. <laughs> Million Dollar Man Ted DiBiase, you gave me a price to screw the Hart family over and get you that Intercontinental Championship. Well, the deal seemed nice, but then I started thinking about me, Jack. Me, Jack, Sean, Jack, brother Jack. And I used to deposit it. to, it. to invest it. in my own insurance policy. The guy that was scared. <laughs> the guy that made them scared in the locker room when the door opened and nobody saw his name was Jack. Jack, I, I think Jack I think the Beanstalk, uh-huh. Continue. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I used that deposit to invest in my own insurance policy and protection. And boy, did it pay off. I broke the bank. I broke the hearts. I guess you can call me the heartbreak kid, Shawn Michaels, your intercontinental champion. And uh, wow, some words from Shawn Michaels there. Yeah. Good stuff. He he gave himself his own name, the heartbreak uh, kid. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's he's uh, he's he's solidified himself as a uh, heel here, or maybe maybe heel. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. Shawn Michaels definitely got a different attitude, though, thinking more about himself. Thinking, uh huh. Mm-hmm. Next up on the uh, building feuds here, uh, the funeral parlor makes a return. Dave, would you like to uh, get to business on this? Yeah, one? absolutely. Uh, funeral parlor. Um makes its return to WWF Superstars with Paul Bear, and he has a bandage over his eye from the incident uh, from Survivor oh, Series no. with the fireball. That's right, yeah. Um, Paul Bear uh, proclaims that Undertaker will return, and when he does, he'll be stronger than ever. Um, and then we hear a laugh over the uh, PA system, and it's Jake the Snake Roberts, along with Gary Hart and Abdullah the Butcher, showing up to the funeral parlor. Now, Paul Bear does not have Undertaker with him, and therefore he's all alone as... Uh, they go on the attack. Jake thrusts Paul Bearer in the throat, then delivers a vicious DDT, while Abdul the Butcher trashes the uh, the funeral parlor in the set. Um, as Paul Bearer lay motionless, Gary Hart, who is the somewhat the brains behind this whole operation as the the mouthpiece of the cause, grabs the microphone and says, "A dark time is upon us all. A gray shower, a, a gray cold shower, to wash away the past and cause a change in the future." Undertaker. You'll be engulfed in my darkness. Any shed of light in the WWF will be snuffed out. So it looks like they're making it very clear that they plan to uh, do whatever they want in the WWF at any cost. Yes, indeed. Um, Dangerous group here. Um, Wow. That's some good stuff there. The following programs for the WWF will feature... Abdullah the Butcher in enhancement matches with Gary Hart in his corner, yelling, this is what happens when you cross us. And Abdullah constantly screaming that he wants Sting. Sting. He's acting as if his opponents are Sting. Um, uh, I guess they're coming for Sting. And uh, Gary Hart keeps signaling and saying this will be retribution for Jake. Hmm. And uh, I'm not sure why, uh, but Abdullah is, is doing all this damage for Jake, and Gary is the mastermind behind it all. Yeah. The cause is definitely uh, here here to stay in WWF. The cause is here to make an effect in the WWF. Exactly. There, there you go. There you go. All right, so moving on to the next bit of business on an episode of Superstars, the Legion of Doom. Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, remember, Hawk returned last episode in the contract signing at this Tuesday in Texas, and the Legion of Doom put Bobby the Brain Heenan through a table and ran off perfectly rude mr perfect and rick rude the tag team champions uh so the lod are on superstars and they promise to show perfectly rude what they should prepare for at the royal rumble inside the steel cage when they have a steel cage exhibition match with two jobbers uh dave you want to take it from here with glenn ruth and Dwayne the gill um, this is a typical lod <laughs> squash match as uh, perfectly rude and bobby the brain heen and watch from the podium uh selling the brutality that the LOD are putting these two poor schleps through uh, something that they could be in store for at the Royal Rumble. Uh, After the match is over, Hawk gets on the mic as he climbs to the top of the cage. This is the big blue steel cage, by the way, for those of you that are trying to picture this, okay? Not the chain link fence that Crockett used to use. This is the big blue. And uh, they warn Bobby Heenan that, that they have not forgotten about him, and they have something special planned for him real soon. 
The following week, Rick Rude and Mr. Perfect and Bobby the Brain Heenan say anything the Legion of Doofs can do, we can do better. Perfectly Rude has their own steel cage exhibition match against another two jobbers, random jobbers, we'll just say, uh, um... Red Tyler and Jumpin' Joey Mags. There we go. Thank you, Dave. You're welcome. Uh, they're doing they're doing major damage to the team of Red Tyler and Jumpin' Joey Mags, and they're keeping them in the cage. The LOD comes out to see this action. They come to the ringside, and they open the cage door. Bobby the Brain is on the outside. He's running around the ring because he's scared of the LOD. He heads towards the exit ramp, and Rick Rude and Mr. Perfect start to uh, hit the fence rather than the deck as they start to climb out of the cage because the LOD has opened the cage doors and they follow them out slowly over the cage in the corners. Bobby the Brain Heenan sees a bald mustache man with a spike leather jacket walking down the ramp. Who is this? Dave, it's Paul Ellering. Wow. wow. About time. He's, he's returned and he has scared off Bobby the Brain Heenan and Perfectly Rude as they hit the deck through the fans and Bobby the Brain Heenan is cornered and runs off. Uh, looks like the LOD have Paul Ellering in their pocket and back in their corner for this steel cage match and an equalizer for Bobby the Brain Heenan and Perfectly Rude. Yes. Yes. Uh, but you know, it, it, in this situation here, in this scenario, um, you know, Paul Ellering and LOD, um, they, they, they're going to wait their time to get their hands on Bobby Heenan. This is just the first step in, 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 in the mind games that Paul Ellering and the LOD are playing with Bobby Heenan right now. Everyone thinks that Heenan's going to get it because he was cornered in the cage by LOD and Ellering, but Ellering says, you know what? We're going to wait another day. Come on, boys. Let's go. And, uh, even though Bobby, you know, got out of there, you know, just by the skin of his teeth, um, it doesn't sound like things are looking good for him in the near future. Oh, yes. Uh, you know, the fear of, of waiting for his demise is now set into his mind. Yeah. <sighs> Bobby, you got a lot of things coming your way. Royal Rumble. It's okay, buddy. So let's go down to the next piece of business. The Intercontinental Championship number one contender match that was announced earlier from Macho Man Randy Savage. Uh, this match is between the British Bulldog and IRS with the Million Dollar Man in his corner. The British Bulldog makes his way down. Nobody in his uh, corner as Owen Hart is looking after Brett at home. Uh, Bulldog is set on to take on the Million Dollar Corporation and Sean no matter what it takes. It's a decent match between IRS and Bulldog as Million Dollar Man. It grabs the Halliburton towards the end. He accidentally smashes IRS as Bulldog ducks and uh, gives Bulldog a huge advantage and he gives a running power slam to IRS. One, two, three, Bulldog is the new number one contender. Bulldog is celebrating as the Million Dollar Man and IRS put the boots to him. We saw this coming, but uh, Davey's trying to fight them off. Who's gonna help him out? Holy crap, a huge pop. It's the returning JYD Junkyard Dog. Grab them cakes. Yep, he runs down and he floods the ring with headbutts and uh, barking. It's two dogs in the ring. It's Junkyard Dog helping out the British Bulldog. And they stand tall in the ring and uh, we fade off from that scene. And that is your road to Royal 
Rumble. Wow. Yeah. A lot of stuff to dissect, a lot of stuff to, 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 to decipher and get through here on this one. Yes, indeed. Leading up to this, uh, we'll have some more matches announced by Randy Savage. The final card for the Royal Rumble will feature Junkyard Dog versus the IRS with Million Dollar Man in his corner. The Intercontinental Champion, Shawn Michaels, defending his title against the British Bulldog. Ooh. The tag team title match in a steel cage, the Legion of Doom challenging the team, perfectly rude, with Bobby the Brain Heenan in their corner, and a WWF Championship match, Sting defending his title against the madman from Sudan, Abdullah the Butcher, with Gary Hart in his corner. And then don't forget the main event, folks, the Royal Rumble, with the winner being able to take on the WWF champion at WrestleMania. Wow, a big prize in this Royal Rumble as well. Um, A lot of stuff stacked for the Royal Rumble. We're gonna get a lot of enhancement matches from guys like Abdullah the Butcher, Shawn Michaels, Ric Flair, Big Boss Man, Warlord and Barbarian, just building these people up for the Royal Rumble. And we will also get announcements for uh, participants like Roddy Piper, He's going to be in that Royal Rumble. Ted DiBiase has a part in that Royal Rumble as well. As well as the returning Junkyard Dog. Wow. And the Nasty Boys. Don't forget about them. They'll be in the Royal Rumble as well. All that will be coming up on part two of this episode. Covering the 1992 Royal Rumble. Dave, any thoughts? A lot of moving parts here. I know it's a lot to digest. That's why we're breaking it up in two parts because we like to book the Royal Rumble all the way through for everybody. Yeah, no, this is this, this was a, this was a lot of fun, a lot of uh, interesting developments. Um, interested to find out, you know, who was in Shawn Michaels' dressing room. Uh, interested to find out how um, how Luger's going to fare as the number one entrant. Savage's involvement as the interim president, um, and and how that's going to unfold. Uh, is it going to lead to eventually an in-ring return? Um, the cause and the, and their focus on Sting. One name that we didn't that didn't really get a um, didn't really have a whole lot of uh, uh, action on this this part one episode is Roddy Piper. Um, mm-hmm. You know is is you know Roddy Piper's got some unfinished business with the Heenan family, but he's also got some some unfinished business with Sting per se. And you know so I'm kind of interested to see where Piper fits into all this. Um, so yeah, it's gonna uh, part two is gonna be interesting as we get to the Royal Rumble. Yes, indeed it will. And uh, folks, you can always follow us on facebook like us on facebook rate review share subscribe this podcast on any uh app on apple podcast you can give us a nice little rating and review there if you dig this um and thanks for hanging on and uh we will join you next time part two will be dropping in about a week thank you all very much take care see ya Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network is a Moonsault Media production and is intended for private use only. For more information, contact Retromania Podcast at gmail.com.